welcome to Band Advice TV. I am your host, Mark V, and this is... Matt. And guess what this is? This is the Matt and Mark About Music Podcast. Oh my God, is that what this is? It is. This is like episode 12 or something like that. I thought this was a kiss concert. No, no, not oh, at all. And okay. don't you even try to kiss me either. <laughs> <laughs> so if you saw the last uh, last podcast, listened to it, Matt had uh, interviewed me. Now it's my turn, and uh, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> So, yeah, you, you touched on how we met back in, um, gosh, 92 at OSU. 1892, yeah. It feels like it sometimes, doesn't <laughs> it? does. It? You know, I answered this little uh, little flyer, we put a rock band together, if you like GNR and if you like all this other stuff. And then we ended up being a folk duo. <laughs> yeah, right. So, quite the, the departure from my initial plans there, but I had a good time. I mean, in hindsight, don't go to Stillwater, Oklahoma and try to form a hard rock band. No, no. It probably won't work no. out for you. No, well... We we did pretty well though. We had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. And it uh, it was the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> right, right, <Yeah>. Louie. <laughs> but tell me, let's let's take a step back though. You know, I, I know basically what's happened to you since '92 and forward. But yeah, how'd you get into music in the first place? <sighs> Man, I mean, I remember like when I was little. I just remember I loved the way it made me feel when I listened to it. You know. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like, you know, no matter what, no matter what was going on, no matter what was troubling me, you know, I could put on a song that I liked and, you know, just, it just took over, you know, it takes over your body. You know, mm-hmm. when you turn it up loud, it's like, man, I'm alive. You know, you can yeah. feel it. And then, you know, you start to get the meaning of like the lyrics and the melodies. And it's just, you know, it's a feeling that you get when you look to the West. <laughs> no i mean it's just like it's a feeling that you know the lyrics and the melody and the vibe and it all gives you and it's just like man i just couldn't i couldn't put it out of my mind mm-hmm. you know and my parents were like well you want to study music you know you should you should study classical music it's real disciplined and all this so they started me Sounds out like something carlos would say yeah they started <laughs> me out on suzuki violin when i was oh, in second wow. grade nice and so man i mean you know there's a lot of good uh tenants in suzuki violin that i still use my students today oh cool you know and the fact of the parents kind of helped them be accountable for the practice time and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth and you know it's very disciplined it's very regimented Mm -hmm. you you really have to toe the line you know (laughs) and so i i I did that and i didn't like that i didn't like it it was too confining they were it was strict it was a lot of rules you know and anybody that knew me when i was suck when i was seven or eight knew that i didn't like rules Uh, seven (laughs) or eight 48 still uh, don't (laughs) (laughs) not that you're 48 yet yeah uh, 28 yeah Yeah, so you know it's like when i was doing that I learned a lot about music, though, because mm-hmm. I had a really good music teacher. She was very accomplished. I worked with her for, you know, five or six years, and, you know, the music program in the school was pretty good. And Then I just kind of got tired of it to where I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was, you know, one private lesson a week, a group lesson all day long, you know, then a recital, and <laughs> I just didn't want to do it anymore. And so I quit that. So a couple years later, I, I you know, I started getting a guitar, you know, I was like, man, that just sounds awesome. And I remember seeing like, you know, when we first got cable, I remember seeing like flick of the switch by ACDC oh, yeah. and just be like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? I mean, the sound of I it find just, a little schoolboy outfit. man, where can I find one of those guitars? that sounds yep. like that. That's what it was. And it was like, man, 
And so there I was just hooked, you know, I was like always listening, always watching, always reading, just trying to f- find anything I could about bands and music. It didn't matter, country, western, blues, rock, metal. I mean, I loved it all. I still do, you know. And uh, You know, I started playing guitar when I was about 14, 15, and, man, I just dove right into it. And mm-hmm. It was just like I didn't want to do anything else, you know. Yeah. And I just realized, I'm like, well, I mean, everybody else is thinking about being a whatever they're going to be. And I'm just like, I just want to play guitar. You know, I just want to do this. And, you know, I was really into all the greats at one time or another. I've been to all, into, into all of them, but you know, just after a while you realize like, well, they're already greats. And I'm just Matt Mason out here in Oklahoma (laughs) being a half-ass impersonation of them. So what it's really great and everything to absorb what they're doing, but you got to kind of take it on to the next level. And sure. You know, try to not like try to be the next Eddie Van Halen because there already is one Eddie Van Halen. Right. There's already one Zach Wilde. There's already one Steve Vai. So we got to think in the mindset of, well, let me take a little bit from all of them and, you know, use it for what I'm doing. My buddy Joe, you know, he was like, he's a little younger than my parents, but he had some kids that are like me and my sister's age. And so we knew them growing up and he'd been playing like 30 years by the time I met him. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he had, you know, a collection of, LPs and instructional books and help me record stuff and just you know he's just a cool friend that like showed you showed me the way you know right I'd show up over there and he'd be like what have you been doing okay here's this book about Brownie McGee and <laughs> here's this book about Joe Pass and here's this thing about you know all these people that <clears throat> you know really weren't being shoved down your throat at the local guitar store in 1984 right. you know. <laughs> So I got into that, and you know, he taught me a lot about music and just about how to think, you know, mm-hmm. just musicality. And so I, uh, you know, that's when I got up there to Stillwater. I was like, man, I want to get me a band going. I want to start rocking out. <laughs> and <laughs> lo and behold, you know, people that were into rock music in Stillwater, just there wasn't really that much of a scene of that there. You no. Know? Uh, now you had a couple, a couple of bands that tried to come through and do the really hard stuff, but, you know, that's, well, the, you and I talked about that. That's when the red dirt thing was really taken off. So if you were the medicine show or anything similar to that, red dirt rangers and stuff, then, then you had a place to still water, but rock wasn't so much. I mean, they had some of those bands, you know, that would play at Joe's on Wednesday night and they, they were kind of rock, but, Yeah, you know, it was never like cheap trick, you know, uh, type rock. It was right. always kind of like country rock. Sure. And so that's cool. I mean, I'm glad I went there. I, I learned a lot by watching those people and playing with some of them and stuff, but, you know, uh, just kind of, you got to sort of, I sort of figured out I had to kind of evolve with what was going on there. And so mm-hmm. I don't know that it really was out there doing what they were doing, but, you know, it kind of made me realize there's another kind of music really out there. Yeah. You know, I'd never really heard that growing up in Bartlesville. It wasn't really something I was into, you know, and being able to, you know, you're too young to go to bars. You kind of cut off for most of it. Sure. At least back then. Now it's like everywhere. Well, even then you were too young to go to a bar. <clears throat> yeah. There's, that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so I got there to Stillwater. And like, Dude, it took me so long because I had to walk all the way back to the door. <laughs> yeah. So we, we we met down there, and I was like, well, all right. You know, I'm, I need to practice my singing and playing anyway, and this will be fun because we can go play some stuff close to campus and kind of mm-hmm. get used to performing live, you know. Yeah. Before that, it was like I was the guitarist who had a different singer, bass player, and a drummer. You know, I was never really the lead singer of anything until then. And so that was a new one for me. But, mm-hmm. you know, I th- I'd say we were pretty successful at it. Oh, sure. For, for as much 
much work as we put into it. I think we got quite a bit. Of yeah, because we didn't we didn't rehearse at all. <laughs> we no. would rehearse maybe once a week, and we'd play once or twice a week. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we did that for well, four or five months until till May. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, we, and you got up here, and we played up here for you know a little bit, and had a couple There's times. Always some and, parties here, or there. Yeah. Those are fun gigs, you know. Learn how to do it where it's not like you know a big deal if. <laughs> you have a few too many co- few too yeah. many cold treats by ten thirty at night. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, uh, you know, you had your band Tide Eyed Sunrise back in college, mm-hmm. and uh, how long did that go on for? Oh, that was short lived. That was you know a couple years, year, a couple years maybe. Okay, well I found a tape of yours, so oh yeah, I may have to digitize and send it your way. Yeah, Howard sent me. Howard sent me that whole thing. All the digitize. Oh, yeah, oh, great, awesome. Yeah, pretty neat. So then after uh, after I matriculated, and I guess your tie dyed sunrise kind of fell by the way. So well, about two years later, we kind of got the duo back together, did yeah. a couple of gigs. Yeah, but you were living in Stillwater. I was here. The mm-hmm. travel and it just, I was never one for trying to go out and book gigs either it was just well i remember that one that we did is a cherry street brewery and i got in that car wreck right before oh yeah had to play the whole thing when when i found out later was a couple of broken ribs oh yeah (laughs) that was terrible yeah that was terrible but then you uh so you were recording and stuff and you were forming another band at that time huh Mm -hmm. yeah and so i started hurricane mason like 98 and so you know i've been through a lot of different people in that band and Mm -hmm. i mean just it's amazing man it's like you know, when I was younger, I remember telling my parents, it's like, man, I just want to play music for a living. And they'd be like, well, get ready because it's going to be a rough ride. You're going to, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, and I'm like. How right were they? Uh, they got 100% on the test. <laughs> <laughs> They're right. It all, it all did happen, you know. And it's, you know, it's just like, it's just amazing that I'm still around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still around, you know. I mean, it really is. And so I, I'm. A band, you know, went on. It's twenty twenty years now. So, a lot of people give up on you if you don't make it big in a year or two. They give up. Well, it's easy for them when they're just hired guns, too. I mean, you're the guy who's putting all the effort and the money in and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I had you know different times of the the band. You know, just different rhythm sections and right. different conglomerations and. I like to keep it, you know, fun and interesting and, you know, play different song every, different set every night, mm-hmm. you know, just because we're playing this thing this year and we played it last year doesn't mean we're going to play set one and three this year because we did two and four last year. It means, right. we're, you know, we're working from a lot of different material, a lot of different songs, a lot of different things. And so that's a handful. You know, I don't like, I don't like phoning it in really. I like doing, mm-hmm. doing it, doing it right every time, you sure. know, if I can. and. So, you know, I've been through a lot, a lot of different members, a lot of different phases, a lot of different recordings, a lot of different lessons and, you know, how this goes. And right. Cool. So the, the band Hurricane Mason, it's kind of on hiatus now, or you just kind of doing the solo thing or what's, what's your, your plans for it? Well, I think, you know, I've been trying to re- release all this music that I recorded some point. I've been trying to get all that out there at some somehow or another. Mm-hmm. And I really think, you know, Hurricane Mason was a good vehicle for that. And maybe it's time to have another vehicle, maybe a couple more vehicles. You know, I really, I really would like to do different material, mm-hmm. you know, and that means playing in different places. That means finding an audience for material. And I think right. 
you know, the answer is not like gauging success on something, just going out there and playing a few local bars and mm -hmm. seeing how it goes. That's not really a gauge of success. Right. I think that like, you know, I'm looking, I'm working on a few things. I'm trying to get clearer as far as the next big thing, the next, the next, you know, pet project. I don't really know. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm, I'm kind of this year taking this year as like it comes, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to, if I get a band gig, I need a band. I'm going to go get me a band and we'll see what happens. You know, okay. Hey, I really want to play with these guys. I always like these guys. Let's see what they, how they play together and how we can do this together. Is this going to be, you know, good with their schedule? Is this going to be good with their sort of work ethic? You know, you just don't know until you sure. really get in there and start doing it. So I haven't really been doing much as far as going out there and trying to play at the, you know, sports bar in the corner. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like yeah, trying to focus on other things, releasing music, developing, you know, some alternative streams of income. Right. right. Both musical and non. Sure. And God, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, man. It's just, you know, every year, 100, 150, 175 gigs each year are booked by me, played by me. Half the songs written by me a lot of times. You know, it's just, man, I'm tired, you know? Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot, of, a lot of energy. And so I'm just doing this year a little different. Yeah. You know, and so I'm just picking up a band when I need one and just seeing who's around and who wants to do it and mm -hmm. who can do it and who's got kind of the right, uh, you know, they want out of this what I want out of it. Right. You know, and that's the first thing is, hey, if this guy wants to play covers and stay within 20 miles of home i'm sure he's a nice guy i'm sure he's great but it's just like not really what i'm wanting to sure. do so i'm going to be real disappointed if i try to think i'm going to go forward with that mm -hmm. and so that's great there's nothing wrong with it not a darn thing wrong with that it's just i got to figure that that's not really what i'm trying to do so so when you're looking for a band you're looking for people to play with are you looking for people that are going to kind of follow your vision or are you looking for people to kind of collaborate with and craft a new vision? Kind of depends. Okay. Kind of depends. You know, I mean, obviously the band one for one, one for all type thing that works pretty good mm -hmm. in a lot of situations, a lot of situations it doesn't. So I'm kind of now like, you know, Hey, listen, I need this. I need a rhythm section for this gig. I'm going to hire you. And I'm going to try to play stuff that I know that they can mm -hmm. get without killing themselves. You know, <laughs> I don't have the budget for a lot of rehearsing. Sure. I don't have the time for a lot of rehearsing. They don't have the time for a lot of rehearsing. So I'm going to try to pick some people that I know that I think can play some relatively reasonable, you know, level and can get, you know, on board with my discography. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have tons of original songs released and unreleased. Plus I have, a big, huge repertoire cover songs. You know, I don't play everything the same thing mm -hmm. every night, you know, and it depends. If I got somebody on bass, I might play this kind of stuff. If I got another guy on bass, I'll play some other kind of stuff. And so it's just, it's kind of fun, really. You cool. know, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you flexible. It keeps you, you know, not getting locked into, <laughs> oh my gosh, one person can't make it. We're not going to be able to do anything. Right, right. You know, and that, it takes a little bit of working out to get to that point. Sure. I, I remember thinking about it when I was little. I was hearing people say stuff like that, like, one of these days on New Year's Eve, your main band isn't going to be able to make it, so what are you going to do? I'm like, well, uh, 
man, that sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> so you realize, well, now you cry. <laughs> yeah, now you just, you know, find somebody that's good and sure can fall in and play an hour or so, make sure that they, they really, really are on the page and go yeah. do the gig, you know? Yeah. yeah it's not going to be the greatest thing in the world, but. You know? Gets the job done if it meets expectations yeah. of the, the people employing you. Yeah. May not be your ideal thing, but you know. Right. That's cool. That's cool. So you said that this year you're gonna do things differently. I know that you are focusing on your getting your content out there. You got your website, uh you're releasing that you release that EP and stuff. What else? What else you got going on? Other well, than hanging out here with me. <laughs> I uh, I've started this thing. It's called the Couch Ditty. The Couch Ditty. Yeah. So the Couch Ditty is like, uh, you know, a minute or or so, mm-hmm. just me me playing some little ditty on the couch. Nice. You know. How do you play a couch? Uh. Well, <laughs> you know, I can play Beethoven on the couch. No, it's just. <laughs> Like just I got you. recording on your little uh, voice recorder mm-hmm. and then making a little video on, on iTunes, you know, just I constantly writing riffs. I've got all kinds of riffs all the time, just little musical ideas. And so just, I mean, it's such a microwave society. It's such a fast food society, man. Sure. I mean, you know, even me, I, I I love these bands, but I can't watch every eight and 10 and 20 minute video. Well, yeah, that's out true. There, you know, it's, it's that whole, well, musically, which is now TikTok. It's those quick, you know, yeah. 90 minute, I'm sorry, 90 second kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so I, you know, and then it's like, man, I mean, you know, I, the recording process costs a lot of money. And at this point, unless you're really somebody, it's really, really hard to recoup anything. Right. Right. You know, I have a hard time getting excited about paying a lot of money to record into you know, $5,000 microphones, knowing that, you know, it's going to take me until I'm a thousand years old, <laughs> right. recoup the money that I spent on making this recording. So you got to get the creativity out there some way, mm-hmm. low cost. So YouTube's free, you know. Yeah, hopefully you can sell. make some cash off of that that can help finance some of the recording too. Yeah, yeah. and so this year my, my, my quest is to figure out, okay, how do I get this YouTube channel monetized? Mm-hmm. How do I get people like signed up and, you know, subscribing to this? Sure. And so I think, you know, once people start to see that there's content there that you have a better chance maybe, but I really don't know. And so that's what I'm hoping to kind of find out cool. this year. We'll be sure to link this video uh, in the end card to, yeah. to your thing there. So Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing some couch ditties. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's just fun, you know. So what's next after that? So you got the couch ditties, you got your, your site, you may do some more recording, you may go out and play some more, you're just going to kind of... Keep on keeping on like that, or do you have some big goal in mind that you're striving for? Man, I mean, you know, the biggest goal is keep making music. Okay. Got to do it whatever whatever way you can. Sure. And, you know, a big, huge recording budget, or even any recording budget, you know, that's hard to come up with, man. I've been mm-hmm. through a lot, you know, accidents and just all kinds of crazy stuff that's happened to me. It's like... You know, I just got to keep making music. Just got to keep getting it out there. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I got a lot of content that I already did. I got a lot of content that I'm already doing, continuing to do. It's like helping me to get better at like the the technical part of it. You mm-hmm. know, before it was like, 
okay, you know, you, you get iMovie on your phone, now what? Okay. Right. Then right. you get in there and start fooling around. It's like, oh, this is just as easy like they say. <laughs> Five minutes, you'll have a feature-length yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, you know. It's just all the techniques involved, too, like lighting and stuff, you know. Spend an hour up here just getting the lighting situated and stuff. So, yeah. so not too many harsh shadows and, you know, hiding the double chain. Right. Absolutely. You know, so just getting better at that part of it and getting kind of a, you know, workflow together. Cause like, you know, before I had less helping me and Ace would help me and, you know, we're kind of working towards one common goal and those guys are gone now, you know, and it's just been a real struggle for me to kind of like get a workflow going. Right. Right. You know, to be like, Hey, I want to do this or, Hey, I want to do that. And, you know, you're working with older technology and you're working with I'm not real sure. I kind of think I might know how this goes, but you know, it's just been a real challenge getting up to that. But I figure, man, I got to, I got to do it. I can't just sit here and let technology get away from me. Right. You know, it's just part of it. Unfortunately. That is true. It's just like trying to work an old four track, you know, yeah. there was a big learning curve on that, especially when you got into ping ponging channels. Man. Like yeah, there was. I think I'm going to do a, I found my four track. I'm thinking to do a, do a demo or a video on that one of these days man i'm telling you it's just so. you know if it was good enough for bruce springsteen it's gotta oh, be good gosh, enough for us yep that's cool well you know a bit of advice i'll give you that i, I came across the other day too they're saying if you're gonna do this stuff you've got to be very regimented in your time you got to say okay on monday i'm doing this and tuesday i'm doing this and mm-hmm. wednesday afternoon i'm doing that and you 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 carve out the time and you just stick to that schedule and that way you can get all those pieces in there. And, and after a while it becomes just second nature. So yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's one thing, man, I'm telling you what, if the next <laughs> time management one one is very hard for me. It really is. I mean, I'm your typical absent minded professor type. I just, well, being the, the industry that you are and being self-employed, the whole concept of a weekend versus a weekday is probably not what everybody else is. So. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I, f- I figure I've, st- I've started playing shows anywhere from, you know, let's say starting at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. All through the day and all through the night. I've started shows at 10 a.m. I mm-hmm. started shows at 9 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 12 p.m., <laughs> 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 9 p.m., 9.30 mm-hmm. p.m. by bar time. By bar time. And this bar, this bar's got 25 minutes ahead. So, you know, it's like, it's not for everybody because, you know, I know some of my friends, they, they like structure way too much. They can never hang with this. Right. Because it's just like you're reacting all the time. Oh, mm-hmm. well, something, something fell out. Something, something happened here and there and everywhere else. And it's just like you never know what's going to happen. Right. And you, you could think you're doing this, 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 and this. But when it comes down to it, well, so-and-so this and so-and-so that. And next thing you know, you're sitting on your ass at home wondering what happened. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we even ran into that while we're trying to do these. You know, we're trying to once a month get together, record four or five episodes. And then I'll be sick or something will come up or you'll blow your finger off again. And uh, <laughs> I hope not. No, I hope not. But, you know, but we just got to kind of roll with it. And I know our adoring fans will, will be okay if we miss a week, right? <laughs> All 11 of them. <laughs> well, but, you know, I mean, adoring fans. I don't know about adoring fans, but people that maybe tune into this thing might get a little bit of insight and sure. a little bit of laugh out of it. Absolutely. Maybe it'll turn into, you know, a movie on Netflix or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Netflix. Cool. <laughs> All right, man. Well, is there anything else you want to, uh, 
talk about or anything that we didn't touch on, on well the... i'm back to teaching again oh, i took great. another teaching gig up in, in collinsville this, this guy runs a drum sh- studio up there in collinsville so i'm i'm filling out you know one day a week nice so i've got tuesday full up so wednesday is the next one so what is your teaching technique your style do you uh do you go in and give them the basics teach them the music theory and all that or you just wait for kids to say, hey, I want to learn how to play this Pearl Jam song, and you teach it to them. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it, it's like you got to have a variety of teaching models. It depends on the person. Okay. You know, and so, you know, I teach a, an, a 10-year-old kid a lot different than I would teach a 50-year-old person, you know. About the same mentality. <laughs> same maturity level, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least the 50-year-olds I know. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, included. they come in and they're like, oh, I just love Toby Keith. I want to play Toby Keith. And then I turn them around. Next thing you know, they're walking out of there playing Led Zeppelin, Jimmy uh, Andrew. Well, there you go. You know, so you got to like. You're corrupting the young. That's you good. know, d- different, different people have different reasons for wanting to do it. So mm-hmm. it's my job to figure out, well, what are their musical goals? Do they have any musical goals? Have they thought about it at all, like sure. this at all? And, you know, some of them just like the sound the sound of it. And I try to instill that in it. Let's just fall in love with the sound of it. You will never feel like this is drudgery if you mm-hmm. fall in love with the sound of it. So, uh, you know, some of them, they don't, they're like the kind of person that just wants to get in the car and turn on the car and drive. Yeah. They don't necessarily want to know what size the engine is and how. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to know all about that stuff, sure. you know. But I try to like pull them into that yeah. because I realize it's like, okay, when I figured out like the chord changes on like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. you know, you can hear it going C, D, mm-hmm. E, F, G. And you're like, well, what are those chords? <laughs> Oh, they're the chords in the major scale. Yeah. C major, D minor, E minor, F major, uh-huh. G7. And you're like, oh. See, if I would have known, learned that, <laughs> yeah. then I would be. this would have been a lot easier sure. figuring the song out. So when you try to like show it to them that way, then it's kind of, you know, I try to get them where they trust me to show them the way to doing whatever they want. Man, I got students that are metal bands. I got students that... You know, some of them are jazzers, some of them are just rock and rollers, some of them quit playing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like over all these years of teaching, I've had a lot of different kinds of students. And, you know, it's just cool to see them still doing it or going out there and going after it. You should teach them all the, the Nashville the Nashville way, the one, four, five. Oh, yeah, the numbering they'll system. Le- the numbering system. They'll, they'll uh, learn music theory really quick that way. Yeah, well, you and one, you know, it, so. one of my big big ones is you know okay what key are you playing in right because that was to me it was always a mystery mm-hmm. you know and so when what you, do you mean g is in key is in the key of g and c that makes no sense yeah <laughs> right and so you know when you start to figure it out it's like hey you know you you kind of got to know what key you're playing in because right. it kind of makes a difference in you know sort of what scales you choose and kind of mm-hmm. what reference point you're going to start and end on you know and so just teaching them like what key is this in mm-hmm. and what does it mean when they say oh it's just a shuffle one four five well what does that mean mm-hmm. you know and not like and another thing i always tell them is you know there's no such thing as a dumb question i guarantee i had the same question mm-hmm. at some point and you know i don't think i want to laugh at you or yell at you or nothing because i guarantee you i was wondering the same thing sure. then when i finally figured it out i felt like such an idiot because i didn't <laughs> i didn't have the guts to ask somebody you, well, you get the, those moments of enlightenment where they were like oh that's how that all comes yeah to man you know, i mean that that chord thing and the dylan well, song was just like blow my mind you know it's you know that's that's music. It's learning to play an instrument. You have these <laughs> these plateaus where you're just going, and then all of a sudden something just 
you know, you let some weird chord change. It's like, and you're enlightened now. You're in this yeah. next level, this next step. And those are, for me, playing guitar, those are always the moments I loved. Yeah. Because you'll sit there and for months and just trudge along the same, the same, and the same. And then all of a sudden you just do something stupid that you wouldn't even think of before. And mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. I know, man. There's joy in the discovery of it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, man, I don't know what it is, but, you know, you kind of have to have a little bit of this Peter Pan syndrome. You kind of have to think about, like, kind of in naive um, mindset to, you know, just be open to this discovery, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because so many times I think people get shut off to that, and it's just no, there's no excuse for it. you got to keep that, you know, artistic thing flowing, you know? Right. So I really enjoy that. I really enjoy teaching. I really like, you know, working with people of any kind. I mean, like I said, I got all kinds of different kinds of, People that, you know, they start out maybe liking one thing and then they turn out liking something completely different. And next thing you know, they're, they're playing heavy metal and, you know, <laughs> Omaha or something like that. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Sounds like you got a lot of stuff going on. I'm, I'm real proud of you after all these years still doing it. I, I've always admired you for, for trying it and, and, and going for it and sticking to your guns about being a professional musician. Man. I, I, did, I never had the guts to do it, so. Man, and it takes <laughs> a lot of personal courage. And I always, yeah. I always say I'm not the best, I'm not the richest, I'm not the coolest, I'm just the most, one of the most dedicated. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember standing there at that jukebox in Pizza Inn in Muskogee, Oklahoma, just listening to Oki from Muskogee, just thinking, man, I just want to be on the stage so bad playing this. Yeah, I don't care what else is. I don't care what else is out there. I just want to do it. Yeah, that's that's, cool. that's it. That is cool. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, best of luck to you. It's good talk. It's good to uh, get more insight into. Yeah, man. This what is makes fun. Matt Mason tick? Yeah, and, this is the interview segment. This is yeah, good. Yeah. Well, we may have to uh, dig up some more. Uh, skeletons out of the closet to talk about well, yeah future. we got plenty of funny stories oh, we can tell. yeah we definitely ought to do that so we got to pick some of our craziest stories and just have a dialogue on that i mean i'm thinking the drive me out to the lake deal oh my god the snow Ninja. incident um <laughs> the, the beat the beads on fat tuesday oh man hard <laughs> i got can't... pictures from that night too. dude oh man that was good oh yeah oh that's oh, deep ellum playing down in deep ellum <laughs> yeah. busking on the street corner yep good times all right man well hope you guys enjoyed the interview sections of uh, the last podcast in this one be sure to check out uh, after this we'll have uh, some links to his his on the couch sessions what, what you call it couch ditties couch ditties about jack and diane <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks matt i am mark this is matt this don't is... let your meatloaf there you go <laughs> peace <laughs>